Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is AJ Brown, and you're listening to Roster Watch. gentlemen citizens of the universe this is roster watch and these are my top 10 thoughts from week four of the 2023 nfl season i am cody carpentier and we're back week four is in the books and the season is all but a quarter over the fantasy season is about a third of the way to the fantasy playoffs i cannot believe how fast the season has begun I'm going to start out quick and just ask you to please click that like button. Click subscribe subscribe if you are here on YouTube. Thank you very much. I know we're going into a Monday night showdown between the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants, but you can sit here for 15, 20 minutes and hang out with your boy on Roster Watch. Click subscribe, click like, do all those fun things. I appreciate you. Thank you. And let's jump right into it. Now, I appreciate you guys in the chat already. I see you guys. Go, go, Jin. Ian's cats, friends, friends. What is going on, friends? I appreciate each one of you guys jumping in here on this fine, fine Monday night. I finally made it to Monday night. I've done it Tuesday the last couple of weeks, and I finally made it to Monday. I promised I would. I finally made it. Number 10, though, Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud, bona fide, locked in studs. As long as Anthony Richardson can stay healthy for you know any set of time because of the amount he rushes the football. Anthony Richardson is a bona fide stud, and I think with Shane Steichen, you're already seeing the positives come from that. He missed week three against Baltimore. They won that football game when he was inactive because of a concussion. His completion percentage dropped in this last game, but there's multiple instances, and Matt Waldman did a great job of capturing these in video, so I didn't even have to do it. And you can go find those on my thread on Twitter right now, or you can go to Matt Waldman's page on Twitter and do that as well. Anthony Richardson made a number of throws that just made your brain kind of break, but they weren't complete. So he had one where he was rolling right and absolutely a laser dart to the back of the end to the back of the end zone to Michael Pittman on what was seen as a back shoulder. Pittman couldn't get off the defender fast enough to catch it. There was another one where Richardson moved up in the pocket and ended up moving up into Aaron Donald's arms. And he was literally off the ground when he flicks the football downfield down the right sideline. Alec Pierce makes the catch like throws that, you know, if Patty Mack makes them, Patty Mahomes makes them breaks the internet. But because these were from Anthony Richardson, it's the Indianapolis Colts. They didn't really get much pop. The one where he jumped in Aaron Donald's hands, hands, it kind of did just because it was a completed pass. But this one to Pittman is, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. As far as, um, CJ Stroud goes. CJ Stroud is just doing all the things. He's doing everything that 
Oh, I mean, nearly. He's doing almost everything nearly um, that we saw from from Watson down there in Houston, and that's high praise, right? Deshaun Watson, if you guys remember, was looked at as an a, a MVP conversation during his rookie season. So this is career uh, games number two, three, and four. I didn't use career game number one because it, it's a debut game. I guess hard to say, but also Watson didn't start that debut game, so I didn't want to use those stats because they're uneven against Stroud. Deshaun Watson lost his debut seven to twenty-nine. CJ Stroud lost his debut nine to twenty-five. They're both two and one in their next three games. Deshaun Watson's offense scored ninety-three total points. He had ninety-one pass attempts with sixty-eight percent. Stroud eighty-seven pass attempts, sorry, eighty-seven points, one hundred one, one hundred and seven pass attempts. Jesus, I can't talk. And sixty-one percent, so seven percentage points less in the completion percentage department. Six touchdowns, no picks, six sacks for Stroud. Six touchdowns, three picks, six sacks for Watson. 7.79 yards per attempt for Watson. 9.06 for Stroud. 132 rushing yards, two touchdowns for Watson. 31 rushing for Stroud. But the main come the, the main came away. The main takeaway from that is the, the the competency at which Stroud has been playing with and the control of this offense. I feel like we've talked about Stroud every week so far, but what he's been able to do with this team. Again, week one was against Baltimore. They lost 25 to 9. Week two against the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are, the, are a better football team than many are giving credit for. And we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor and the Colts in a little bit. But wins over Jacksonville Jaguars 37 17 in Duval. Pittsburgh comes to town. They beat them 30 to 6. They put 67 points up on the Jags and Steelers, two teams that were thought to be division champions coming into the season, or at least in the conversation for Pittsburgh. I know I had Pittsburgh up in that conversation. This defense has been completely underwhelming. They've, the Houston offensive line was completely dismantled today, or sorry, on Sunday, and they allowed zero sacks. They protected C.J. Stroud. He sacked 11 times the first two games. He hasn't been sacked against Jacksonville or Pittsburgh. Jacksonville has had a problem getting at the quarterback. That's their own problem. Pittsburgh has not had a problem getting at the quarterback, and they couldn't get after Stroud. So takeaway number 10 is Richardson and Stroud are locked in studs. Locked in studs. We haven't seen anything yet. That would prove that for for Young. We haven't seen Levis touch the field yet. Aiden O'Connell looked good yesterday. He looked fine. Uh, Looked better than DTR did, unfortunately. Uh, Number nine, the Dolphins are good, but they are not a legit Super Bowl contender at the moment. They do have three months to work on this defense, and they also do get this guy by the name of Jalen Ramsey back. But if you look at what Miami's done over the course of the last 10 quarters, so two and a half games, they've allowed 82 total points that's tied with Arizona for fourth, 82 points allowed in the last 10 quarters. Washington's allowed 83, Chicago 86, and, of course, Denver with 119 points allowed. The Miami Dolphins are a good football team, but like I said, I just, I'm just i not of the belief that Miami is currently in the, you know, the, the top, top, top conversation. I don't think anybody's in the top, top, top conversation other than the San Francisco 49ers, who, again, we'll talk about in a little bit. The Dolphins do have a win over the Chargers by two. The Patriots by seven. Chargers are good. Chargers are fine. Patriots are not. Denver beat them 70 to 20. And then the Buffalo Bills reminded them who the daddy is in the AFC East. That is the Buffalo Bills. I appreciate you guys in the chat asking the questions. Gogo says, Cody, do I bother selling high on A chain or do I keep him because he's going to win me multiple titles? Well, right now, based on the efficiency, the theory always behind if you did fade A-Chain was the the workload. The workload expectation of getting 20-plus touches was impossible to predict on a, on a continual basis. But the efficiency at which he's running and the, the, the tool that you couldn't put into the, 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 the mechanism 
was Mike McDaniel's play calling, which is using A-Chain, Mostert, Hill, Waddle, all over the formation with these moving motions and all these different aspects. I think you got to continue to hold A-Chain. you got to play A-Chain. You cannot sell A-Chain at the current state. Just based on how Miami's using him, I think Mike McDaniel's sneaky enough and he's smart enough. You know how Deion Sanders says, I'm smart enough not to overwork Travis Hunter and get him hurt. Playing two ways, offense, defense. I think Mike McDaniel's smart enough where he's not going to say, yeah, A-Chain can take a CJ2K workload on a weekly basis. No, that was the theory of why I was not a big fan of where A-Chain stood. So I think you got to have to hold A-Chain. Ray Gamer says, would you accept this trade? I'm giving away Montgomery and Watson, I'm assuming Christian, and I'm getting back Waddle. My wide receiver core would be Olave, Metcalf, and Waddle, but my running back core would be Barkley, Pearson, Moss overall. I would keep Montgomery. I'm afraid of Moss's uh, potential with Taylor looking like he's actually going to come back and play for the Colts. Uh, This offensive line is fantastic. Also, Pierce has looked good but not great. And Barkley's not even playing tonight, and he's already in the injury, man. I would hold Montgomery as it stands. You have Metcalf. You have Olave. I think you hold Watson for now because he is the number one in that offense. I wish I had a damn water because I got eight more of these to go, and my water's empty, which is smart on my – my choice. <coughs> Excuse me. Sean Roberts, I would hold Monty. He answers the question for you too. You think JT plays this week? Not sure what to make of it all. Currently, it looks like he's going to practice on Wednesday, so that would be a positive towards him playing this weekend. <coughs> I am trusting it. I'm going to have Taylor ranked appropriately in my rankings for about a 60% opportunity share. Same question. Yes, I, I, I answered that as, as my thoughts. Um, there you go. All right, so number eight, Puka Nakua is going nowhere. He's here to stay. That's a promise. Most receptions through five career games, Nakua through five career games, but Puka Nakua has done it in four. That is per my good friend Ryan McDowell. He found that stat. Uh, my question personally is, will Cup be the old Cup? Because they're running similar routes. I trust I'll trust the cup being 100% when I see cup being 100%. Then I'll worry about Nakua's workload once I see cup's 100% and cup is taking stuff away from him. My thoughts are that McVay is smart enough. I trust McVay to utilize both of these guys to the fullest extent on the field at the same time because they're both wizards when it comes to running routes and finding holes in the zone. Uh, I did a show today with Mark Garcia, high low FF on Twitter. He mentioned that the new Mike McDaniel motion routes uh, that I alluded to a minute ago, it's Tutu Atwell running those with the Rams and that he didn't think Tutu would, would, you know, get hurt by Cooper cups return, but rather it would be probably Van Jefferson in the stretch role that would get hurt. And I think it's also a combination of that plus Higby plus Kyron Williams. They won't have to use Kyron Williams as much in the passing game. Kyron, of course, number one right now in opportunity and, and snapshot at the running back position. I would look for Higby, Van, and Kyron to kind of get a little regression if Cup comes back. Cup is also projected to come back this week as well. So Puka Nakua is going nowhere. He is here to stay. Deal with it. Number seven, Brees Hall is officially back. Again, the, the positive of the Brees Hall is officially back tour is that the big game did not come last night. The big game did not come against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football because the Jets have an IQ of a taco at Taco Bell in October at midnight, right? There's no IQ there. Brees Hall had six carries, 56 yards. Delvin Cook had five for 16. They had this game in arm's length reach. They scored the touchdown to start the third quarter, and they just all of a sudden were like, nah, we'll just, we're just going to not throw the football, and we're going to bring Delvin Cook in because he's been totally effective all season. We're going to let Brees Hall have six carries, 56, average nine, 
catch three footballs out of four for 13 yards. Brees Hall looked like he was back, looked like he was Brees Hall in week four last night against the Chiefs versus the, a lot I should say, in comparison to what he looked like in week one when he had that big 80-yard run. Brees Hall looked good. He had lateral movement. He had downfield burst. I think Brees Hall's back, and no better game to be back in than the next week against Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos have allowed 500. Jeez, I forgot the number now. 500 and, 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 and is it 520 rushing yards the last two weeks against the Bears and the Dolphins? And now you're telling me that Brees Hall is going to walk up in here? Child, please. Child, please. Y'all know it's Brees Hall week. Brees Hall is back. He looks like he's 100%. The Jets need a win. They're now 1-3. and three. They're going to play Denver. I'm looking for a big a big Brees Hall game. Get ahead of it on Brees Hall. Um, like I said, Devin Cook has been the epitome of a washed-up running back. And Hill, uh, sorry, Hall saw an efficiency jump from 1.5 to 9.3 yards per carry. And I know uh, yards per carry is not a fun, sticky stat, but it is a fact Jack. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Number six is not actually from a game, but it's from a multitude of situations. I said that all fantasy gamers, they need to subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash executives. That was my number six takeaway this week. And that being because if you're familiar with my work at Player Profiler, Undercovered Ops, that is a show I've done for three straight years. I was asked to do it this year and I said, nah, I don't really have time. I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have to put all this data together. I don't really want to do it. And I was asked literally over about two dozen times to do it. So I did it. I started week two. I've done two episodes over on Undercovered Ops on patreon.com forward slash executives. Pre-week three, so that was two weeks ago, I said to stash Jaleel McLaughlin because Javante Williams' knee has been fine, but he has not looked efficient and they haven't pushed him. So it just worried me. As well as J.K. Dobbins last year, played for the first couple games, his knee came, became a hiccup. He missed a couple games. He came back towards the end of the season. Then he looked 100%. Julio McLaughlin burst 5'9", 183 pounds, upper 90th percentile college dominator, went to Youngstown State, ran a 4'5'1". All things comparable to this guy named Austin Eckler. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Pretty good football player. Again, I'm not comparing the two guys, but I am saying McLaughlin had four touchdowns in the preseason. He had over 100 yards yesterday. McLaughlin has the burst. He looks way better than Samaj P. Ryan. And the splits at running back at snaps were 19 to 15 between McLaughlin and Pirine in the backfield. Week pre-week four, so pre-last week, I said to stash this guy named uh, Michael Wilson, who we've talked about since the Senior Bowl down there in Arizona. Michael Wilson, if you don't know now, you know seven for seven for 76 yards and two touchdowns this weekend for the Arizona Cardinals. And oh, by the way, Undercovered Ops episode three from season four will be live on Thursday this coming week. Number five, Christian Kirk is officially the alpha in Jacksonville. We've seen it now uh, multiple weeks now going through the season. Calvin Ridley did play 80% of the snaps yesterday. Kirk, 79. He totaled two targets. Ridley has seven receptions for 110 yards on 17 targets over the last three games. 110 yards on seven receptions over the last three games. In week one, he had eight receptions for 101 on 11 targets. Per J.J. Zachariasen, Christian Kirk saw 9.4% and 15% target shares in week one and week three. 
Both of those games came against a team that's bottom five in man coverage. Christian Kirk then saw a 34.1 and a 40% target share in games against teams that are top five in man coverage. So if a team is heavily utilizing man coverage, play Christian Kirk. If they're not, play Evan Ingram. Either way, play Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's target share has risen each of the four weeks during the season. 15.6, 19.5, 20, and 26.6. Evan Ingram might just be the alpha in this offense, but as far as the wide receiver is concerned, it's actually Christian Kirk. He's the alpha in this offense until further notice. You know, Calvin Ridley has the talent to do it, but we have not seen Calvin Ridley do it. Number four, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are still who they were last week. The Jets were up. Sorry, the Jets came back. It had the game 20-20 to begin the fourth quarter. Wilson played well until the fourth quarter fumble. Again, played well for three quarters, fumble. Chicago was up 28-21. Don't mind that they were up 28-7 at one point. They were up 28-21 with nine minutes, 36 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Fields fumbles, gives up a touchdown. And then once they were down 31-28, the last drive of the game, he threw an interception on, interception on a forced throw. Both had a great 45-minute span. What we expected day one from both of these guys, Fields and Wilson, but the fourth quarter, they both fell back into what we came to know about them, their old ways. Reminder, a couple of stats from a couple of quarterbacks that uh, we, we have we have since forgotten about. Christian Ponder once had a game, 81% completion percentage, 174 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He beat RG3 in the Redskins that year, 34-27. That was his 32nd of 36 starts. He was later benched period jake locker had a game completing 69 percent of of passes for 378 yards two touchdowns no picks in a 44 41 shootout win over detroit that was in his 21st start of 23 he was later benched tim tebow had a game completing 67 percent of passes for 202 yards two touchdowns no picks in a win over minnesota 35 32 that was his 10th of 15 starts the trend here is these guys all had these big booms but there was last-minute hurrah. Last-minute, oh, shit, I got a chance. Fields look good. Wilson look good. I'm not saying either of them gets benched in the next five games. What I am saying is just because you had one good game doesn't mean everything's fixed. Everything's back to normal. What you saw on Sunday was what Fields was supposed to be, right? A flash in the pan. Every squirrel catches a nut. Whatever. It all is in line with what Justin Fields and Zach Wilson did. Zach Wilson, you can tell, is not mentally there. Loved Justin Fields coming out. Didn't love Zach Wilson coming out. Neither look currently like they're going to be a starting quarterback when the 2024 season turns over. Nor will they be with their current franchises. Wilson might just because Rodgers might say, hey, man, you got to stay, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. But they're not the answer. It's wild. It's wild. Number three, Jonathan Taylor is going to crush in Indianapolis the rest of the season. This makes too much sense. It got too quiet. Indianapolis is not going to get the value they think they they deserve, and Jonathan Taylor will test free agency when the time comes. Zach Moss began the season over the last three games, 66 carries, 280, and one touchdown with six receptions. Jonathan Taylor began last season, the first three games, 61 carries, so five less than Moss, 286 yards, six more than Moss, one touchdown, the same as Moss, and eight receptions, two more than Moss in that stretch. The Colts offensive line is top five in the NFL right now. Rookie Blake Freeland from BYU playing a key role when injuries have arisen from Bernard Raymond this past weekend. Freeland's looked pretty good. Bernard Raymond is also a second-year guy, looked pretty good. 
Quentin Nelson's going to return to form, and Ryan Kelly's the number three overall center, according to PFF, in run blocking, and Braden Smith is number nine at the tackle position overall in run blocking, according to PFF. Jonathan Taylor, I think, if I was the GM of the Green Bay Packers, I would trade A.J. Dillon in a third-round pick. They want a high second. I tweeted this out the other day. You want a high second, how about I give you Dillon in a third, because that's not equal Again, I'm not saying Dylan in the third is equal to a high second. No way am I saying that. But what I'm saying is Indianapolis is saying we want a high second, and I'm saying you're not getting a high second. You're getting Dylan in my third. And they're going to say, well, how about you give us Dylan in your second? I would say, how about you shut up because ain't nobody else giving you anything better. Dylan is the same ilk of Zach Moss and Trey Sermon. If Indianapolis wants to play this game, I think they should. Like I said, though, if I'm Green Bay, I'm making the move to get Taylor. I'm going to work that contract out. Aaron Jones is 29. Get rid of Dylan because he's kind of busted. Taylor and a- Taylor and Jones the rest of the year is a pretty good duo behind Jordan Love. And in Indianapolis, Zach Moss has worked so far. Trey Sermon is next in line. He probably work in this donkey offense. And A.J. Dillon would be a great, great side piece for both of those guys. That's my thoughts on the Indianapolis backfield. But however, number three takeaway, number three thought, is Jonathan Taylor is going to crush in Indianapolis the rest of the season as long as he's there. Appreciate you guys in the chat. I'm going to move on to final two, but I did want to say, please click that like button, click subscribe. I'm going to hurry up and get these out of here in the next couple of minutes so we can go watch some Monday night football, but I appreciate each and every one of you guys. I love you guys, and thank you for tuning in to YouTube. So please click that like button, click subscribe. I also will plug my channel, The Executives of Fantasy Football, on YouTube. We just started it up a couple weeks ago. Episode 10 will be Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's called The Hurdle because it's hurtling you through the week to get you to football. It's me and Maddie Kewen. We're going to have guests coming on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 7 p.m. Tomorrow will be 8 p.m. for a special guest as well. So I appreciate you guys all jumping in here. Franz Franz says, single di- single QB dynasty, start eight, half PPR, got an inbox offer for Musgrave and my second, Chris Godwin, or Musgrave in a second. Good offer. Depends on your team. It definitely depends on your team. If it's tight end premium, I'm holding Musgrave. If it's not, I'm, I think I'm more in line with going after Godwin. In a vacuum, you trade away CMC for Olave, Etienne, Ingram. Other running backs are Ford, White, Madison. Yeah, you definitely need Christian McCaffrey. I would just keep McCaffrey, dude. He's on pace for five. I'm going to talk about him in a minute. I'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, Komet looked great. Yes, I appreciate you guys all. Thank you guys in the chat. Number two. Thought of the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can win without Mike Evans dominating a football game. They're now the front runners to win so far. A sloppy NFC South. Tampa Bay looks good. No Kalaja Kansi. Kalaja Kansi is also going to be a very important piece to the defensive line. New Orleans is in a current state of dysfunction with Alvin Kamara returning from suspension, getting 13 targets, 13 receptions, and what felt like 13 yards. Michael Thomas is not quite his old self. He's good for about five targets a game. And Derek Carr is nursing a shoulder injury that we don't know how long it's going to last. And he came back so fast, they didn't want Jameis Winston to play on the field, so that worries me as well. And Atlanta and Carolina, they'll win some fun football games. They'll probably snake bite Tampa or New Orleans a couple of times. Um, but they both need the talent swap. Carolina needs a receiver. Atlanta needs a quarterback. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a big takeaway. They're a team, and every year you see four to eight teams that were in the playoffs not make the playoffs, four to eight teams that weren't in the playoffs that make the playoffs. Tampa Bay feels like one of those teams this year um, that's going to make the playoffs. Cincinnati, I didn't talk about them in the top ten thoughts this week, but Cincinnati is uh, pretty 
pretty cut and dry a team that's not going to make the playoffs this year, unfortunately. The top thought of the week is the 49ers are closer to all-time status than anyone is willing to believe coming out of week four. Christian McCaffrey's on, on pace for 510 fantasy points. That's 27 more than LaDainian Tomlinson's great season and 43 more than Christian, Christian McCaffrey's performance in 2019. 43 more than what we saw just a couple years ago when we claimed him the king of fantasy. I said Debo Samuel and Brendan Ayuk and George Kittle are hands down the best wide receiver and tight end trio in football. I said Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Addison is probably a close second, but it's actually not. I got a comment that said, uh, how about A.J. Brown, Devonta, and Goddard? And I didn't want to reply because I didn't want to be an ass, but I wanted to say, how about Dallas Goddard has a good game first? Because he's at 88 yards in three games. They haven't really utilized him. If he was up in that Kittle conversation, maybe he would be putting something on the on the turf. Because last I checked, Kittle actually had more than 88 yards just last week. I'm just saying. People are under appreciating Brandon Ayuk in total, which surprises me still to this point. Debo is in the same conversation as A.J. Brown. Kittle is a tier ahead of Goddard. Kittle is also only about a year older than Goddard. I love Goddard. Love A.J. Brown. Love Devonta Smith. Brandon Ayuk is, is a little underrated right now. Brock Purdy is 9-0 in the regular season. If the Niners keep up the current pace all the way through week 12, so that's eight more games, seven more games, he'll be 16 or 17-0. I can't remember which one of the numbers is Ben, ben Roethlisberger's record, but he will have the record for consecutive wins to begin a career in the regular season. If you want to know what those games are, those games consist of Dallas this week, probably their toughest test at home. But again, I don't think Dallas is in the same tier as them right now. At Cleveland, at Minnesota on Monday, home against the Bengals, by so you're looking at eight and zero after Cincinnati, Jacksonville in Jacksonville nine, Tampa Bay is ten, Seattle would be eleven and zero on the season. Brock Purdy is pretty damn good, and I think in total the offensive line, the defensive line, the defensive backs, Traverius Ward, the linebackers featuring Fred Warner, and the offensive side of the ball, you barely even have to bring any of the names up because they're so loaded. I think the 49ers are a lot closer to being an all-time status with this roster than anybody's willing to understand right now. There's a real possibility that this 49ers team goes 16-1 and or 17-0. and A real possibility. Like I said, you talk about the back end of the schedule, Baltimore, but it's going to be at home on Monday night. At Washington, late, late, not worried. Rams, those those divisional games are questionable, but they already beat the Rams in L.A. Now they come to San Fran, not really worried. That's your top 10 thoughts on the week. I appreciate you guys tuning in, tapping in on a great Monday night. They'll be a little bit earlier next week. That's my goal is to get earlier and earlier as the weeks go by. If you appreciate this video, please click that like button, click subscribe, stay tuned and stay tapped into all things roster watch. You can find me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL. And like I said, if you want to get ahead and stay ahead, go to patreon.com forward slash executives. Undercovered Ops will be live on Thursday morning. We got Jaleel McLaughlin after week two. We got Michael Wilson after week three. Who knows what's next going into week five. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you. If I didn't get your question in the chat, I apologize. But come over to rosterwatch.com and ask that bad boy. I'll talk to you guys another time. Hey, Wanda Robinson's probably going to break out. You better go watch TV.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.